has two main points. We'll see a plea for remembrance. We'll see that in verses 1 through 18. And a plea for restoration, verses 19 through 22. This is a prayer of Jeremiah to close out Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 5, verses 1 through 22. And hear the word of God. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We must pay for the water we drink. The wood we get, we must, uh, must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. We have given the hand to Egypt, to Assyria, to get bread enough. Our fathers sinned and are no more, and, and we bear their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from this land, from this, uh, their hand. We get our bread at the peril of our lives because the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine. Women are raped in Zion, young women in the towns of Judah. Princes are hung up by their hands. No respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill, and boys stagger under loads of wood. The old men have left the city gate, the young men their music. The joy of our hearts has ceased, our dancing has been turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our heads. Woe to us, for we have sinned. For this, our heart has become sick. For these things, our eyes have grown dim. From Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. This is a sobering passage. Lamentations has been a sobering book for us to study because in Lamentations, we have been exposed without any uh, any kind of veil. We have been exposed to the consequences of sin. Sin is terrible. Sin is 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 a terrible thing for us as individuals. And it is a terrible thing for a nation as well. And we no doubt understand the reality of sin. We see it in our nation. But for us as believers, it's, a, it's, it's tragic when believers are, are in a sense walking in sin. Life is hard. 
I mean, even though we have the propensity to still sin and sin remains in us, life is hard. And, and, and living life in this world uh, uh, with, with the focus upon the things of this world rather than God, I tell you, it's like walking around in the dark without a flashlight, or without a light on. You walk around in the dark, you kick your feet, you stumble over things. And it can be like that for us as believers. The, 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 the challenges that we have in life to go through those things as believers apart from uh, the favor of God is, 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 is a hard thing. And this is what we're seeing with the, the people of God. These are the people of God, the chosen people of God. And they have sinned. They have rebelled. And now the consequences of their sin has rolled upon them. It, it is coming upon them and it is hitting them hard. And the tragedy about this is that they can't worship God anymore. This is the people of God. This is what we're reading, what we will read about here. These are the people of God, God's chosen people, the, the people of God who has the law of God, the people who at one time had the tabernacle, uh, the, the temple of God, the place to go, the, the, the presence of God in, in the temple. They had all that. They were able to go in and worship God. And now you hear nothing about worship, do you? And what I just read, you, you didn't hear anything about worship. All you heard and all we'll see is pain and suffering and, 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 and mourning. That's what life is like apart from obeying God in righteousness. It's a terrible thing, even for the, for the people of God. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah has been showing us that their lives have been affected every aspect of their lives. And we'll see even in our text, there's a, a sense where there's national disgrace. There's individual disgrace. And, 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 and they need God. They need God to restore them. And this is what Jeremiah is praying for in our passage. He prays that God would grant them repentance and that he would restore his people. Restore them for what? To restore them so that they would not experience the consequences of their sin? No. Restore them so that they can be back in the right relationship with him, with God. That is what, that's the most important thing for anyone who is living in this world. The most important thing is that you are in a right relationship with God. Troubles will come. Being being in the right relationship with God does not mean that you won't experience the troubles in life. They're going to come. They're going to come. Oftentimes, they're going to come because of what we have done. But we need, what we need is, is, a, is a right relationship with God. So when no things happen, even when we stumble and fall into sin, to, to know that God is there for us, beloved. Is, is the most important thing that we, we need to know, and that gives us hope. So let's look at our passage. Let's look at our passage. And, and just, and Jeremiah here, this is a closing prayer. This is a closing prayer for, for God to restore his people. Look at verse number one. We'll see here that Jeremiah starts with a sense of desperation. 
a sense of urgency. And he calls for Jehovah, the Lord God, to remember. He says, remember. Look at that. Oh, Lord. That, that, this, this is just Jeremiah just not rehearsing the prayer. He's just not he's just not praying. Uh, just, you know, just have has this is this is Jeremiah pouring out of out his heart. Remember, oh, Lord, what has befallen us? The word here, remember, it, it, it doesn't mean just to look upon. It means to look upon and to act, to to look upon with favor and to act accordingly. And, 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 and why is Jeremiah praying this? God's, God's favor is no longer with the people. And, 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 and what we will read in the following verses, we will see God's favor is no longer with the people. And, and even though, since, even though that is true, Jeremiah believed this. He, he believed that the relationship between God and Judah still existed. Even though they have sinned and the, 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 the tragic consequences of their sin uh, in, in judgment has has come upon them. Jeremiah still believes that God's favor is still with the people in a sense that God is still their God. He's calling out to God. Oh, Lord, remember what and notice Jeremiah says us. He includes himself in this. Re- remember us. Jeremiah believed that the relationship existed and, and, and he sought God. Because of that reality. And, 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 and he saw it necessary for, for, for the people to, to not, in a sense, notice that he's calling upon the Lord. He said, look what has been falling upon us. I, I, I want you to see that, that what he's, he, he is seeking to do is not call for relief itself. That, that's not what, he, what he's calling for. Lord, look what has been. Look at all the suffering we're going through. Look at what is happening. Children are dying. Uh, we'll see r- women are being raped. All of these things are going on. Jeremiah doesn't necessarily desire relief. He, again, desires to be able to worship God and give him glory again. That's what Jeremiah de- desires. So remember, Lord, what has befall- befallen us. Look at what has happened to us. He goes on and saying, look and see our disgrace. We, we, the, the, the state that the people are in is a state of shame, a state of disgrace, a state of dishonor. If you know the Old Testament, you know that is true. Jeremiah says, look and see our disgrace. And, and Jeremiah now, he's going to paint a picture of what that shame and disgrace looks like. Look at verse number two. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. Our inheritance here refers to the land that God promised to his people. They are living in the land that God has, has this is a reference back to Canaan, the physical land that God had given as a gift to his people. God had driven people out. God had driven enemies out previously. The, 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 the inhabitants of the land, God drove them out so that his people can go in and possess the land. Now, there's been a reversal. 
they they're in the land, but they no longer possess the land. The, there is, the inheritance that God has granted to them as a gift is no longer theirs. The, the, the nation of, of Israel has been, uh, been conquered and the Babylonians have come in and they have conquered the nation. And it, the land now is theirs in, in, in a temporary sense. In a temporary sense. Jeremiah says our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Our homes to far. These are people who do not know God. And, and, and they have our land. And not only do they have the land, they stand in our houses. Can you imagine that? Uh, somebody come here to Enid, Oklahoma and attack Enid and take it over. They surround it and take it over and, and, and they take Enid and then they kick you out of your house. That you stand in, that you have you have many memories of, of, of growing up in. And they come in and, and they, they take they take your home. People don't, who don't even belong here, they take your home. This is what has happened to this is what has happened to the nation of Israel. They have lost their national disgrace is what has happened. This is what we're going to see. The national disgrace. Things that, that shouldn't be happening. So the land is now under the control and occupied by strangers. Their homes are occupied by strangers. Look at verse number two. Not only have they lost their land, not only have they lost their homes, this is what this is what sin does. This is what sin does. They, their family, the family units have been devastated as well. They've lost their land. They lost their, the homes that they stayed in and the families have been devastated. Look at verse number three. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. And what Jeremiah maybe point to here is that that many of the men in in in, in Jerusalem have been either killed or, or taken into exile. So 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 now as a result what is left are widows widows and orphans widows and orphans with with no one to protect them no one to provide for them because all perhaps all of the men have been killed or taken off into exile. There's no one to care for them. And, and, and Jeremiah may be saying that he also may be saying that the nation itself, the nation itself has become like widows and orphans. And, and, and that could be true in, in both sense. He could be speaking uh, in this way in both senses that that. That the Babylonians, they have came in and they have waged war against against Judah and, and they have wiped out a majority of the men. Majority of the the husband and wives. And now all is left is children wandering the, wandering the streets. Widows wandering the streets with no help. And and in a in a broader sense, the nation of Israel is just like that itself 
So not only have the, 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 the nation lost the land that God had promised to them through the, their father Abraham and, and, and their forefathers, not only have they lost the land, not only have they lost their home, not, the, the families are devastated, but there's also economic suppression as well. Look at verse number four. We must pay for water we drink. <laughs> the wood we get must be bought. They all, The land is theirs, right? God gave them the land. Now they must pay for things that are normally free. These things are free. That, we can go out and we can cut down a tree for some firewood. We can go out and, and, and go and get water to drink. These, for, for the people of Israel, the things, this was free for them. And now they have to pay for it. <laughs> these, these free commodities, the things that you, they need to cook with wood. They need to cook and, and they need water to, to, to cook and, and to wash themselves. They got to pay for it. They got to go to their enemies and purchase these things. The things that rightly belong to them. Oh, sin, beloved, is a terrible thing. It, it is a terrible thing when, when sin comes into our lives. Not only is there economic suppression, their, their oppressors are ruthless. Look at verse number five. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. This, they, they, they supposed to be in the promised land. What was the promise when they get into the promised land? That they would get what? Rest. They were supposed to be, uh, in a sense, they were supposed to be in the promised land. They were supposed to find rest. Joshua Chapter one, verse 13, it says, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord, your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. God promised. To do this, to give them this land and to give them a place of rest. The Lord, he, he provided that for them. They're in the promised land, but they're experiencing no rest. Maybe some of you are like that even now, even in church. You can be in church and not be at rest. Maybe you got some sin in your life. And you're not at rest. If you're a believer and and and. And, and, and you're sinning against holy God, there cannot be rest in your soul. They, they can't find any rest. They're, they're working hard. They, they're forced to, to work hard to exhaustion. And maybe that's you living in sin you can, you will, will, will work and work and work and not find success. You stay up late at night, can't go to sleep. 
sin is always pressing in and your sin is pressing in or it won't let you get any sleep. The consequences of your sin may be pressing in, won't let you get any sleep. But I'm going to stop right here and just say rest in God. Rest in Christ. Christ says, if you if you come to him, he says, if you you labor, he says, come to come to him and he'll give you rest. That, that's what he said. That's what he promises. You, you don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to try to make it right. You come to Christ. You come and trust in him. You place your faith in him. And if you're a believer, you look, look back to Christ. You began to look to Christ and love Christ like you used to love him. You, you trust him like you, you, you've always, uh, trust him. And you will find rest for your soul. Because he says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. That's what our Lord promises. But the people of Israel, they, they, they are not experiencing rest because of their sin and rebellion against God. And now they are experiencing the consequences. Verse six, not only is there their oppression at ruthless at the, the hands of the ruthless enemies, but there's economic loss. <laughs> they they must endure the, the the disgrace of asking their enemies for food. I mean, you know, I don't mean I I don't want to get into it, but that sounds like what's happening in this country. <laughs> Going to our enemies. Can, can you imagine that? Somebody that hate you, that want to kill you, that don't care about you. You go to them and say, can you help me? And notice what notice what 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 the people of God are doing there. We said we have given the hand to Egypt and to Assyria to get bread. <laughs> They're going to their enemies. To get the basic things of life, bread. That, and this, this we give hand here is a in a sense that they're they're making a pledge, they're they're making a pledge, of to to surrender in a sense and to and, and a and a, a pledge of servitude to the enemies, Egyptian. And it's always been like that with the nation that they've always turned to to Egypt. But here it is, they turn to their enemies. For help, for bread, and and this is a reversal of what God has said. God has told him back in Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, verse six. It says, "For the Lord your God will bless you, as He promised you, and you will li listen to what 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 God promised the nation if they obey Him. Listen to what He says. For the Lord your God will bless you." As he promised you, and you shall lend to many nations. Are they lending in this passage? He says, you shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. You shall rule over many nations, but they shall not rule over you. Is that the case here? Does it sound like they're ruling over the other nations? Does it sound like 
Does it sound like they're lending to other nations? The total opposite is. And that's what sin does. Sin reverses everything. We give our hand to the to Egypt and to the to Assyria. Look at verse number seven. Our fathers sinned, and are no more. We bear their iniquity. It sounds like they're they're blaming their fathers for what's happening, but that's not what's happening here. Each generation, each generation share the disgrace of sin. Their forefathers willingly rejected God. They now willingly reject God and they're bearing the fruit of that rejection. The consequences of their father's idolatry and their alliances that they made with pagan nations are now being felt even by this generation. And, and this generation is not innocent because they ignore God's word and they have embraced sin just like their forefathers. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 16. Jeremiah chapter 16. Looking at verses 10 through 13. Verse number 10, it says, and when you tell this people all these words, and they say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? What is our iniquity? What is the sin that we have committed against the Lord? Then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, declares the Lord, and have gone after other gods and have served and worshiped them and have forsaken me and have not kept my law. And because you have done Worse than your fathers. For behold, every one of you follows his stubborn, evil will, refusing to listen to me. Therefore, I will hurl you out of this land into a land that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods day and night, for I shall before I will show you no favor. So they've sinned, their fathers have sinned, and the consequences are being experienced. By this generation. God punishes everyone who rejects him. And he holds each generation accountable. In Jeremiah 31 and 30, it says, Behold, everyone shall die for his own iniquity. God holds every individual sinner accountable. But there is, if, if, if the older people are living in sin, sometimes that sin can be embraced by their children. And it's worse, beloved, it's worse with that next generation. It's always worse. Parents, you can be living in sin. If God doesn't have mercy upon you 
and your children, it can be worse for that next generation. They could take take what what you've done and take. I can say that with my I I, I look back at, at my family. I heard my mom and dads. I, I know how they lived before uh, before they came to the Lord. But I took it to another level. I took, yeah, my parents lived this way, but I took it to another level. And that's the way it is. And that's why it's important that we lay the right foundation for our children. Because that next generation, that next generation will always take it to the next level. One author noted every individual sinner was to be punished for his own sin. But if the children continue to walk in the footsteps of their wicked fathers and even excel them in, point, in the point of wickedness, then their penalties will increase in keeping with opportunities. With uh, the neglect, the precepts, neglect the commandments, set aside the commandments, the warnings and repeated judgment judgments they deliberately ignore. You know, I, I always think about my children and and the way that the world is now. You know, I have concern for them. Because things are worse now than it was when I was coming up. There are more opportunities to sin now than it was when I was coming up. And 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 as a father, I don't want to be said about my children. That I'm doing this because you done it. God's gonna hold them responsible. Don't get me wrong, I know that. But I don't want them. To, to say when they grow up, I, I, I'm sinning this way because this is the way you sin. We have to take it seriously. We have to take teaching our children seriously. Verse number eight. It goes on and says, slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. <laughs> the, sla- the slaves here are probably the people that the Babylonians have conquered and made slaves. And so these conquered people that the Babylonians has conquered are, are ruling over the people of Israel, whom the Babylonians have conquered. And look at verse number nine. We get our bread at peril of our lives because the sword in the wilderness. They they can't even get food safely. When they 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 risk their lives when they go out and try to get food. And not only that, they suffer physically. Our, our skin is Verse 10 is hot as an oven with the the burning heat of of famine. 
famine. There, there's, there, there's the, they're in the, the burning furnace. So they're, they're so hungry that, that their skin is, is starting to, to shrivel up. It, it is starting to, to turn color. We saw that last week. It's starting to turn colors. The hunger is, is raging in them. And they're deteriorating physically. And that's what sin does that too. When, when, if a person is living in sin, you can look at them and, 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 and tell, I remember I told you a story about my first heart. I was living in sin. And my first heart came up to me and he said, he looked, he called me into his office. He said, come here, son, Duncan, come here. Okay, he called me into his office. I let go into his office. I'm standing there. And he said, you need to go see somebody? I'm like, what? Go see somebody? What are you talking about? You somebody, and I hadn't, I hadn't said anything. I hadn't told. He said, you need to go see somebody? He was asking me, do I need to go see a psychiatrist or something like that? And I didn't ask him why, but it must have been on my face. He he must have seen seen something in he seen something something ain't right with him. That's what sin does. Sin sin you it's it's not a sin impacts every aspect of your life, and, and that's what and that's the point that that Jeremiah is making. All these things he has listed, he's saying sin sin has has impacted every area of their lives as as a nation now he gets into the individual disgrace the pain and the shame look at verse number 11 and i don't need to elaborate on this he says women are raped in zion young women in towns of judah the the nation is at a, such a point that the women are left unprotected and, and notice what he says he says women are raped in zion where, what is Zion? That's the holy city. They're being exploited sexually by the Babylonians in the holy city. Verse 12, princes are hung up by their hands. The rulers of Judah, they either been hung up or they, their hands have been impaled. By the by the enemy, and no doubt they they did this to as an example for the the other people to see. So they're 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 hanging, their hands are are impaled. The leaders, the rulers of Judah, no respect is shown to the elders. Jeremiah says the uh, those who uh, should be shown respect, the the uh, they're they're shown no respect now. Verse 13, the young men and, and are, are compelled to grind at the mill and the boys stagger under loads of wood. The young men, this, this, this young men are compelled to grind. At the, this is something that was traditionally, this is what animals did. This, this, is, this is what animals would, would, would normally do. This was a task for them. And now the, the young men are forced to toil at heavy millstones. Why? Because these are fighting men. Uh, these young men are fighting men age. These are the, the young men mentioned here are young men who no doubt protected 
Judah and protected Jerusalem and to keep them from going out. And, and you remember Solomon, right? He was he he was uh, uh, put uh, behind a, a grinder. He had to grind himself. The Solomon, the, the strongest man to ever live. And these young men were forced to, uh, the young boys were forced to carry heavy loads of wood. Wood that, the loads that were too, it says the boys stagger under loads of wood. These, the, the enemies of, of, of Israel are, are ruthless. They, they don't, they show no care and concern for anybody. Not for the women, not for the leaders, not for the children. Verse 14, the old men have left the gate. The old men used to gather at the gate to conduct business. And now the old men have left the gate. The young men, their music, they're, they're, they're no longer getting together to play music. There's no singing. Verse 15, the joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has turned to mourning. This is what, beloved, that's what sin does. It, it, it puts you in a place to where there's no joy in your life. There's no desire to worship anymore. And, and, and these are the things that were going on before. Now they're not. Wherever there's sin, there is no joy. And because of sin, the dancing has turned to mourning. And Jeremiah knows why, why has this happened? Why has this happened? Look at verse 16. The crown has fallen from our head. These people who at one time possessed the dignity and the glory of being the people of God. The crown has fallen from the head. Why? Woe to, woe to us. They pronounce woe on themselves. Why? Because we have sinned. Now they are in a place to be helped. Woe to us for we have sinned. This is the main issue. This is the reason why all of this suffering is going on. They sin. This is the real problem. And beloved, can I tell you something? You say, what's wrong with America? You want the answer? I won't charge you for it. Sin. Sin. Sin, is that's the issue. The issue is sin. This is how the Bible sums it up. We may see, you may look and say, oh, look at all this, you know, see many patterns of behavior in, in society that uh, obviously uh, God is against. And you may try to say, well, it's because of, of this or it's because of that. No. It's because of sin. And because of sin flows all these other behavior evil behaviors.
abortion, murder. There's a young man just this week, murdered, went out and, 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 and shot, I think it was like 10 people. Homosexuality, lesbianism, feminism. All of these things. Racism. All the schisms that you that you could think of. All of these things are 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 flowing from the problem of sin in this nation. Jeremiah understands that with his people, with the people, he says, woe to us, for we have sinned. Verse 17. For this, our heart, for this, what? For, for sinning, for this, our heart has become sick. Why are there so many depressed people in the nation? Why are there so many people committing suicide in the nation? Why are so many people are on drugs in the nation? Their hearts are sick because of sin. Jeremiah says, for this, our heart has become sick. For this thing, for these things, our eyes grow dim. For Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals, prowl. Jackals were animals that were, they, they really didn't come around people. And for Mount Zion to be filled with jackals mean that there's, it's desolate. So there, Jeremiah is, is pleading here. With, there, there's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency. And now Jeremiah calls for restoration. Look at verse 19. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. What comfort this provides us. No matter what is going on outside of the church, no matter what is going on outside of our homes, no matter what is going on in the nation of ours, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He, he reigns forever. His throne, his authority endures to all generations. Psalm 102, verse 12. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are, you are remembered throughout all generations. The temple has been destroyed. Children are dying in the in the laps of their mothers here in this in, in we've seen that in Lamentations. People uh the uh, uh the leaders are hung up, uh impaled. We saw that mothers are are eating their children. But Jeremiah wants us to know there's hope because the Lord reigns. And and he he does not change. The people have failed, but God never fails. He reigns. And and beloved, even though circumstances in your life may change, God doesn't change. You say, like my life is tough right now. <laughs> you, 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 you may say that in your life you may have maybe yielding yourself to, 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 to a sin.
But I want to tell you, God has not changed. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you have done. God does not change. And so you say, preacher, what, what is your advice? Here's my advice to you. Psalm 123, verses 1 and 2, you, uh, uh, verses 1 and 2. Lift up your eyes. The psalmist says to you, to who? To God. I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who are enthroned in heaven. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the, the hand of their master, as the eyes of the maidservant to the hand of the mistress, so our eyes look to you, O Lord, till you have mercy upon us. Lord, we look to you. We, we look to you. We're waiting to hear what it is that you require of us. Verse number 20. What? And, and it seems as, as if Jeremiah is still struggling, even though he knows that the Lord reigns. Verse 20. Why did you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? There's a still, even though Jeremiah knows who who God is, there, there's still a struggle in him. There, there's a still sort of like Mark nine twenty four, where the, the father who had the 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 son who who had a, a demon, uh, he he said, "I believe, help my unbelief." Is that is that your cry sometimes? God, I believe what you say, but help my unbelief. I believe, but. There still appears to be some unbelief in me. Help me. Oh, beloved, that's the best place to be. On your knees, acknowledging that you need God's help. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. He's acknowledging, I'm struggling. That's what he said. I'm struggling still. God, I'm struggling. I know who you are, but I'm struggling. And if you don't make it right, it won't be right. Look at verse 21. Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days of old. And notice Jeremiah prays that God is the way he prayed. God, you restore us. What Jeremiah is saying, we can't do it. We are living in disgrace. We can't restore ourselves. We need you to restore us. We can't return in our own strength. We have no strength. Jeremiah is saying. And no doubt Jeremiah is also saying we can't overcome because our hearts are stubborn. Jeremiah said that in uh, Jeremiah 17, that the heart is, de is deceitful, it's wicked. No one can know their heart. But there is one who can overcome the most stubborn heart. There is one who can, who can penetrate the most hardened soul and heart and can penetrate it and turn them to him. And that's who Jeremiah is calling to. Restore us to yourself. You do it. I can't do it. You do it, oh God. 
This is an acknowledgement that it's the people we have turned away from you. And beloved, can I tell you something? Maybe there's somebody in your life that you know, as Mark had mentioned earlier, somebody that you know that your heart is 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 beating toward and you want them to come and, and uh, to to experience God's salvation in Christ. Maybe they're not saving. You want them to come experience God's salvation. Only God can bring them. O- only God can 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 affect such a change in, 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 in a person that they will come to Christ running and crying out to him. There, there are some I know in my life, that's what I want for them. And I know God can do it. Verse 22, unless you have utterly rejected us and remain exceedingly angry with us. Jeremiah understands that God will not reject his people forever. And so I close. We encounter sin every day, don't we? We encounter it outside of our lives. We encounter it sometimes in our lives. And Jeremiah is helping us to see that if, if we if we don't turn to God, if we don't pray that this nation turns to God, if we don't pray that our loved ones turn to God, they're going to be in a terrible place. Not just now. Not just, this is nothing compared to being in hell for all eternity. We we can read this and, and it, it I, I know as I've been going through this, this has troubled my heart. But there is nothing like a person to die in their sins and go to hell for all eternity. This is tough, but there's this doesn't compare with the ultimate reality of rejecting God. So I, I tell you who are believers here, I tell you who are unbelievers, maybe those who are watching online who are unbelievers, don't wait. Don't wait. Christ is, is, is standing with his hands open. And he's saying, come to me. You've been laboring. You've been trying to trying to do right. You can't do it. Come to me. Trust in me. Believe in me. Have faith in me. And when you do that, you can experience true. Oh, that don't mean things are going to get better in your life. Doesn't mean you're not going to experience trouble or trial. But what you have in the midst of that is you have Christ. He says, He says, my yoke is easy. He yokes himself to you. When you come to Christ, he yokes himself to you. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My requirement for you is that you believe on me, that you trust in me, that you depend upon me. 
and you will have joy. You will have rest for your soul. You will have peace in your soul. You will have you will have a joy that the world can't take away, that circumstances can't take away. Circumstances may be bad, but beloved, I can tell you that there is a joy that God can give you that that will be there, even though you may have tears in your eyes. Come to him, know him. Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are real with us. There's so many people that are playing. They're playing church. They're playing Christians. They're playing with your word. But Father, thank you that you that that you are you are real with us. You 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 have given us the truth of your word that tells us that tells it like it is. You don't sugarcoat, you don't sugarcoat it. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for the the truth that that you have revealed about who you are, the truth that you reveal about who Christ is and who we are in him, if we trust in him. That truth is, is an anchor for our souls. And even though we may experience tough times in this life, not because of something bad that we've done, but because that's just the way life is in this world. We know that we have the grace necessary to enable us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not have any fear. But for those who are here who are entertaining sin in their lives, for those who are, 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 are unbelieving, Father, I pray for them. I, I pray that those who don't know you turn to you, but for, for, for those who are believers who are entertaining sin in their life, I pray that you would have mercy upon them, that you would turn the, the, the hearts back to you. And that they would repent of their sin. Because sinning is rebelling and any child of God should, should, should not want to rebel against you. I pray that you would grant them by your grace. To, to come to their senses, to, to be restored to, to, to sound judgment so that they can judge their lives and respond appropriately. I thank you, Father, for this day. I ask that you will be with all that are gathered here this upcoming week, that you will protect them from the evil one, and that you will guide them, Father, into your word to know you, to know Christ, so that their lives could be lives that are lived with a sense of internal joy for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.